Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Lifelisten Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited because this week we are interviewing Dr. Sarah Villafranco, who is a former ER physician, now turned small business owner who owns Osmia Organics, which is one of my favorite organic skincare companies, much more to come on that, but she will be talking to us about what it was like in that transition, going from ER physician to small business owner. She'll be talking to us about aging gracefully, exercise, and she's actually going to debunk a couple of beauty myths for us. But first we have to do a little bit of a self-care update. Kristen, what's going on with you? Well, Sarah, I have been contemplating dipping my toes into the world of fillers. What? I know. And I, you know, I have to say that I, I have been trepidatious about fillers because I have friends who do fillers in their lips and I really dislike that look. I'm apologizing in advance to anyone who does that, Mm -hmm. but you know, just that sort of real housewives of orange County look. Yes where you, and it's tough because I get why people do it because I am starting to get that little like smoker's lines, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I don't like that, like, you know, kind of Janice from the Muppets lip look that <laughs> people end up with right. when they're doing the fillers. Right. However, um, you know, I have a deep furrow in my brow. I have a deep 11, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Oh yeah. In between my eyes. It, you know, it, it has bothered me. I mean, it's, it's totally genetic. It's bothered me my whole life. I even had it as a kid. I always look like I'm frowning. You did um, as a kid? And so I have, even as a kid, and my wow. kids have it too. It's so interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Like, there's a baby picture of India <laughs> where she has it. <laughs> deep in thought. Deep in thought. Which, whatever, that's fine. But, you know, as you age, it just, it, it really starts to indent. And I feel like it's the, the, it's the thing on my face that really ages me is yeah. these lines. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I have been doing Botox, which I'm very open about um, on these lines to try to relax them. And it, the thing about Botox is Botox is preventative. So you do Botox so that you don't start frowning, so that you don't develop the lines. But the thing is I already have the lines developed, if this right. makes sense. Right. So then the solution would be, that you fill the line, you fill that little indentation of the 11 with filler and it plumps it out. And the, t- the one, two punch of Botox and filler is what pushes it out. So here's the deal. I, I am doing a, I guess you could call it a brand partnership with Cosmeticare for my blog. Okay. And with them, I am going to be doing, um, uh, my, dealing with my deviated septum, which, you know, are you going forward with is, that? I think I am. Okay. I, I'm not ready to say, but I think I am. Okay. 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 But when I met with Cosmeticare, you know, they were like, well, is there any, is there any like non-surgical like stuff you've wanted to try? And I'm like, well, I really hate my forehead. Right. And so they were looking at it and I don't do Botox. I have not done Botox with them. Um, and do you know Cosmeticare? Do you remember where they are? I do they're, remember where they are. Yes. Yes. Like before you get to Balboa, if yes. you go to the Balboa parade, they're right there. Right. Yes. So I went and met with them about the, the nasal stuff. And then they're like, well, you know, is there anything else you want to do? And I talked about them and they, and they did. And I said, like, I feel like I'm not getting the full effect of Botox anymore. And they kind of explained what I just said, like mm-hmm. Botox is preventative. So they suggested that I try the filler. So I'm thinking about it. What are your thoughts? Well, well, you know me personally. I'm like, I don't know what exactly is filler made out of. Well, I'll tell you what it's made of. Okay, you tell it's me. It's made of hyaluron- hyaluronic acid. That's it? I believe so. Here are my thoughts, though. I, I am going to say this. 
So whereas you have the deep furrow between your brows, my genetic thing in my face, I have very deep laugh lines. My father has them, my grandfather, my cousins. I mean, we all have these really- Laugh lines like, wait, what are those on your eyes? No, no, I'm sorry, around my mouth. Laugh lines around, oh, around yeah, my mouth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the that's big so ones. so funny because that's not a thing I would have noticed on you. Oh, but. really? That's probably because I never smile. No. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I do. And one, one of them is really, really pronounced. I'd probably be so scared, though. I would have to, I don't know if I could actually go through it. But I've also never done Botox. Like, I'm such a weenie about this stuff. Right. But now, of course, I definitely want you to do it so you can tell me all about it. And then... Well, yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, well, I just kind of actually want to try it so I can talk about it. I mean, Cosmetic Hair is like, they do The Real Housewives. I mean, they're like legit. So I feel like if I was going to do it, I trust them. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And, but yeah, so the, the filler actually is hyaluronic acid, which, which ironically, I put all over my oh, face Oh, I put it on night. my face all day long. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, I mean, it's actually in terms of like being toxic, a lot less toxic than Botox. True. True. How long is it, does it last? Does it break down? I mean, how long does it, does, it stay? It in? does not last. No. So you have to keep doing it. I think it lasts for a year or two. Okay. So let's say they did it and it lasts for a year. And then when, do you go back to baseline like, will your face basically look like you never put anything in it? Or is it kind of like, you know, I just feel like sometimes people that get filler, and it's probably because they're having tons of it pumped in their face. I'm like, I can't even imagine how that could ever go back to looking baseline. But maybe it does. Okay, you know what I'm going to do? What? If I go back to them, yeah. I'm going to ask them all these questions. Okay, good. Because these are all really good questions. Because I don't know the answer. I don't know if, like, it goes back to baseline or if you still have a little plumpness. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay, I'm excited. You have to do it so I can hear everything about it and ask all, all of the right, questions all right, all right. and record their answers so I can hear them myself. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you brought this up for your update because my update is totally about cosmetic procedures as well. Oh, and, what? Well, I think it's finally time for me to do my um, laser hair removal touch-ups. And oh, we, on your bikini? Yeah, oh, yeah, bikini and underarms. It's been like ten years, and I, I do have. Okay, to say, do, I have to ask: Did did it, did that conversation in the in our Facebook group? Is that what like pushed you to want to do it? <laughs> well, I was already thinking <laughs> about it, and then that I was about to say that, and then that conversation came up on the Facebook group, and then I thought I probably need to do it because you know we've talked about this before. You know, it doesn't remove certain kind of hair. I, I mean, yeah. there are gray hairs popping up on other parts of my body besides my head. Yes. And like, yes. I need to get this done now. Before so, you go gray downstairs. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally, I'm like, I'm, I'm like 20% downstairs. I am too. Gray. Down there. So I just, yeah. I, don't, I don't, that's just a whole nother thing. But um, I was just thinking that it's probably time because I haven't shaved my underarms forever, but now there's a little bit of peach fuzz starting to come back, which I have to say, ladies, ladies out there. Now, granted, you have to be the right type. Kristen tried it. It did not work for her because she has kind of that dark blonde hair and darker skin. You have to have lots of contrast, but I have mm -hmm. light skin and super dark hair and it worked wonders. I mean, you guys, I went 10 years without having to shave my bikini line or my underarms. And I just looked it up because I was like, how much will it cost to touch up? I didn't even know. I mean, nowadays, honestly, compared to comparatively speaking to what it used to be, yes. it is so inexpensive. It is, it's way more inexpensive than it was when we were in our 20s and 30s. And there's always like a thousand Groupons out there for all these different oh, spas. Totally. So I'm going to do that. You know, um, but I just want to remove, I want to get the hair removed off my, my legs. But I just actually oh. got a device sent to me to review, which I haven't started using yet. So I have no idea. It's by the company Smooth Skin, which is in England. It's an English company. And um, it's a hair, laser hair removal device that I have in my hands. And I'm going to try that what? on my legs. Yeah. It's laser, not the other thing. Hold on. Not, um, well, you know I'm in my closet right now because this is where I do podcasts. Let me just grab the box. I'm grabbing the box. Because I didn't know they had laser at home, but I have seen home. What's the other thing? Um, electrolysis. This is, yeah, laser. It's an intense pulsed light. So what? like a, it lights up like a laser and it goes straight for the, you know, the base of the follicle does 300,000 flashes. 
this is like a huge company overseas. And so they just sent it and it's FDA. I am fascinated. Yeah, and it's FDA cleared in America. I mean, it's, it's legit. Skin, what's it called? Skin so smooth? S smooth skin. This is the smooth, smooth skin. skin gold. 96% of women recommend it. I have it in my hand. I haven't used it yet. Um, maybe I, I should just do my body do with this. Home. But see, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think because I have had laser hair removal. I think I don't, if I don't think it's the same frequency, the same strength as when you go mm. to a doctor's office. I think yeah. it's going to take more, more times than right. that. But you know, if you're sitting like watching something on Netflix at night, you can just sit there and do, 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 do. Um, do your legs. That's insane. I'm just waiting until um, the end of summer because, I mean, it's pretty much the end of summer, but I just want my tan to completely fade. So I'm yes. like, you know, as pale as possible so I can get as many hairs as possible. So all I know is that entire conversation in the Facebook group made me so sad because everyone is like, it's so amazing. And like, I tried so hard and nothing happened. I know. I went for six sessions on my bikini. And nothing? nothing, because I just my hair and my skin, like right. I'm. There's I'm not, not a lot of contrast. Super, no, mm -mm. because my well, some of the hair down there is white, as I've discussed. Yes, but, but even the hair that you know, I, I mean, I'm dark blonde, right? And so it just didn't do anything. Well, I'm super sorry. <laughs> I would, and especially after paying that too, I'd just be so bummed. Oh, I was like demoralized. I was like, why? But why? It's, I know, what's wrong with me? But I it's know. really interesting because, like I said, now that I'm starting to see a little bit of hair growth, just this weekend we had some people come over to swim. And I was like, oh, I, I need to do like a swift little shaving on my bikini line. I mean, literally, there are probably only five hairs. And I should have plucked them, but I shaved them. And I still got like the red irritation from five I hairs. Know. Five I know. stupid little hairs. Why did I even? Same. What the heck? I, I can't even. I, I can't do it either. It's totally yeah. bizarre. So, yeah, I'm going to report back on this smooth skin, smooth skin oh, gold I once wait. I get rolling with it. I'm excited. That's exciting. I know. I know. Well, all right. What are your, um, what are your thumbs up for the week? Oh, I mean, gosh, it's just like skincare, skincare, skincare. I know, right? But I do have to say, you and I both have talked about that Suki, the exfoliate morning cleanser that we use on our faces. It smells like a uh, lemon martini. Yes. So yummy. It's so good. Um, I really love that, but I've had a chance to kind of look at a lot of different products from their line, and mm -hmm. they are good. But the main reason I'm telling you guys about this line is that they're super clean. The ingredients are, and they are, it's, it's really inexpensive comparatively speaking to the other green beauty brands out there. And I feel like I get asked that question a lot. Like, what can I use? That's not a trillion dollars, you know? Yes. And they are really priced competitively. Um, I think for young, young women that want to start looking after their skin. I mean, they have so many, they have like lotions, oils, mm -hmm. foaming cleansers, exfoliate cleansers, um, body lotion, all of it. And they're all priced really well. And they're sold on Amazon, but like, you know, a, a big bottle of face lotions, $30. Um, yeah, they're really well priced. I really want to try some other things from their line because I love that scrub so much. Yeah. And they're really big on that citrus scent. And they're also, they do have some with lavender too. So I like their scents are all fresh and lovely and not too heady. I don't like things that are like too much, you know? Yep. So that's my number one. I've just, anyone out there that's wanting to switch over to, you know, clean, green beauty and they want something that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, I would totally. rec recommend that. So that's my number one. And then my um, other one is, have you read Essentialism? I swear to you, it is so weird how often on the same rabbit trail <laughs> at the same time without having talked about it. Well, you know where I heard about it. I bet I do. Did you hear about it from um, the Enneagram podcast typology with Claire? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with Claire Diaz-Ortiz. Yes. Yes. When which she was, was talking such a good Ian. episode on being a three. On being a yes. three. And she's like, well, you know, every three should read this book. And I thought. Oh, which I immediately ordered. <laughs> totally. So I haven't read the whole thing, but I have, I have skimmed it. I'm looking into it. And I think anyone out there that's trying to like pare down 
and just that feels really overwhelmed with their current life and what they have to accomplish in a day or what they think they have to accomplish in a day, this book is so good for that. Always trying to like do more, more, more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this book's pretty rad. I can't wait. I think I feel like he wrote it for me. <laughs> well, here's what's funny. Um, my thumbs up, one of mine is another book. Um, that's really relevant to the same topic, which is called Present Over Perfect. Oh, so good. I know. So, so good. So it's by Shauna Nequist. It's, it's, um, it's been out for a while, um, and I read it when it first came out, and I just started rereading it because I just felt like I needed, I needed the reminder again, you know? Yeah, it's funny because I read it right when it came out as well, and that mm-hmm. probably would be a really good book to read. Because the way she writes, it's just, it's witty and like warm and. Yes. I just, it's so relatable, you know, even it like is. something like Essentialism, I mean, which is a great book, but it's still definitely like this, this, and this. And this is more just like the storytelling and. It I is. I love that It's book. a very readable book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Okay. And then my other thumbs up, uh, you know, I am always on the hunt for the perfect um wine glass to use when you're at a concert or outdoors Ooh, um, because I've so often been in that experience like for example you go to the Hollywood Bowl you can bring your own wine but then you like you're not allowed to bring a glass in you totally. know yeah so I had talked about these stainless steel wine glasses that I have which I still really like but I just found another version and they're silicone Ooh, and they're really nice so they're silicone shaped in the shape of a wine glass. Do they have stems um, or are they stemless? Stemless. Okay. So you can pop them in a bag, pop them in a purse, drink your wine, whether you're, you know, out on a picnic or at a concert, and then you can just pop it back in your purse and it's not going to break. Okay. That's awesome. Do they, what, yeah. They're awesome. Is super like, simple. What, what do they look like? Do they have like, are they a color or? Well, I got them in white, but okay. they do have, which I debated. Yeah. <laughs> because... Um, I thought about getting them in colors because then if you're in a group of people, everyone knows which is their glass. Yeah. You know, like you go to a concert with a bunch of other people and that way, like, it's not like which one is yours. But I did get them in simple white because I thought they were prettier. Oh, of course. (laughs) Well, of course. So simple and modern. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I need, I need stuff for our outside. We actually have a backyard that, you know, people like to hang out in. The real place that I started using them was on a vacation where you weren't allowed to bring glass down to the pool. Exactly. But you I, want to bring like a little rosé down to the pool. So you okay. bring it in your silicone. Yeah, glass. I need some pool glasses for yes. sure. You should try those. Okay. All right, I'm going to do a quick reading of one of our iTunes reviews. You guys, we so appreciate when you go down to iTunes and post a little review for us. It helps us be seen by new people, and it also just makes us feel warm and fuzzy. So this is one from... Christiana Louise. She said, I've loved every one of these podcasts, such great hosts, so many great health and beauty tips as well, and fascinating psychology topics and conversations. I love how real it is. A definite must listen. Christiana, thank you so much for your kind words. They mean the world to us. They really do. Thank you so much. And we do. We'd really appreciate if you go and leave a review for us, if you like us, that is. Yeah, Um, if you don't, you can just skip it. Yeah, you don't have to do that at all. Just don't even go there. (laughs) All right, are you ready to dive in with Dr. Sarah Villafranco? I'm so ready. Hello, Dr. Sarah. So happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. I have to tell all of our listeners how I came upon Sarah here. Obviously, through the green beauty realm, I came across... Your gorgeous soaps. Sarah owns a small business, Osmia Organics, which is amazing. And we'll link up to that at selfiepodcast.com. So that's how I first heard of you. I saw these amazing soaps. I use these soaps, although I will say I do not like using them because they're just so pretty. Do you hear that a lot? I do hear that. But, you know, my answer is always, we'll make more. <laughs> well, you know, they just are so gorgeous. <laughs> you all really have to check out these soaps. They are works of art and I love them. So well, it's bringing art to your shower. It's really turning your shower into an art form. So well, if you think of it that way, then yeah. it's much easier to use them. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better already. <laughs> so I come across your Instagram profile, loving the soaps, loving 
everything that you're about. And then I came upon your Instagram stories when you were talking about the supplements you take. And this was probably the first time that I, you know, listened to you speak, watched, watched you speak. And you were talking about your morning and you have like your big glass of water and you're like, well, every morning I drink this big glass of water with lemon. Do I do it to detox my body? No. Do I do it to alkalinize my body? No, your body's always 7.34 no matter what. And I was like, this woman is my people. Like I have found my woman because you are such an advocate for living healthy, but you know, you're, you're based in science because you are a former ER doctor. Yep. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, it's, it's a great, um, blend that I'm able to bring to the job that I've created for myself in this world. Um, where I, you know, really rely on both science and common sense. And I don't rely on sensationalism, gimmicks, or fear mongering, right to get the word out about making change, because I don't think that's an effective way to make change. And there's a lot of that these days. There's a lot of it. It's based on really incomplete information. Yes, yes. So I mean, I just appreciated that from the get go. So you've kind of just become this person I go to I any well, our, many of our listeners actually take Una for PMS uh-huh. because yep. that's what I take because that's what I heard you talking about, although I haven't yes, been able to get Yes, and now my... I feel terrible I, because I know. it's out of production. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I got you all addicted. I know. Thank you. I haven't had it for two months. And let me tell you, um, things aren't so good. Things aren't so good. No, I mean, it's really crazy. I, I, um, I think it was last week. I just got really busy and I, I'm pretty good about taking my subs, but you know, I just spaced it for a few days and all of a sudden I'm like, why am my fuse is so impossibly short right now? Mm -hmm. Like my kids are annoying me. My dogs are annoying me. The Roomba annoys me when it starts going (laughs) around the house. Like I just feel like I was going to snap. And then I was like, Oh I haven't taken my sup. And I have to confess that the worldwide shortage of Una type one could possibly be in part due to me because when I found out they were having trouble with production, I bought like a billion containers. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Yeah. So um, are you basically going to be black marketing that pretty soon? Like, can we? No, I I want it all for me. (laughs) Come on. I'll pay double. I'll pay double. No, seriously. Do you know what happened though? They're just, I mean, they're just having a shortage. So they are, yeah, they're having trouble. I think they must've had like a proprietary herbal blend that they were, you know, making and they seem to be having trouble sourcing one of the components of that blend. Okay. I got you. So I have faith that they're going to get it back, especially because we have turned so many people into believers Um, and, and because it works. So yeah. I think and they'll it, figure it out. They, they better figure it out because mm-hmm. I feel so bad. I, I think that went out of production maybe a couple of weeks after our episode aired. Oh, <laughs> so God. it was like a couple of people got in there and now they're like, what are you doing? What's happening? Yeah, what are uh-huh. you doing? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I'm just know. really in a bad mood all the time. That's, that's uh-huh. what's happening. That's what's <laughs> happening. And I have, yeah, so good Have times. you tried taking the individual components. I mean, there's the black cohosh and yes. chaste berry and all that. And I haven't, I haven't monkeyed with it, but that's what I've been telling people is just yeah. maybe try to. I have one by, um, it's called chaste berry plus that has a chaste berry, the black cohosh, and also has some ashwagandha in it. Yeah. Um, and I've been, it's, t- you know, it actually, the pill looks strikingly similar to, oh, really? yeah, I mean, it's huh. the same diameter. It's the same Brown, mm. the same scent. So hmm. I've just been doing that in the meantime. Um, but you don't feel like it's doing the trick? Uh, well, it's just weird. I'm like one of those people that I just go full bore and then I get, I really trust something and I really yeah. like Una and I start second guessing everything. I'm like, well, I don't know yeah. about this ashwagandha. What is this doing? Is this, uh-huh. should I be taking this? And then I don't yeah. take it. Yeah. I'm one of those weird people. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. So yeah, looking for the Una to come around. So everyone out there. Just keep praying. Can we give us pray, pray for the Una? Pray for the Una. Okay, so let's talk about this in terms of self care for you because I just want to hear about this. An ER physician switching to small business owner, like how did that all play out? Well, it's so funny because, you know, I have so many people say to me, gosh, it must be so great now that you're not working in the ER, you get to just spend time with your family. Oh. And I'm like, Okay, so you have never owned a business. Right. Now I know that about you. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I, it was, certainly was not a, a premeditated plan. You know, I was plugging along in the ER and it's a great job and it's yeah. fun and I'm wired for it. So, you know, I'm that person who gets supernaturally calm when things are, you know, increasingly chaotic. Mm-hmm. And that's a great trait to have in the ER. Um, and I always had the best stories at any dinner party, like guaranteed. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I started to see this pattern. And, you know, I saw it all through medical school, too. So, like, we'd see, for example, the drug reps would come in and we um, would they would buy lunch and give us pens and mm-hmm. pads of paper. And I never took any of it. And I never ate drug company food because I just thought, I don't want to prescribe you know, Levaquin because it's on my pen and it's the first antibiotic that comes to my mind. Right. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. I don't want to make my medicine take the shape of their medicine. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of like at play all through med school. And then, um, I think I ended up in the ER because I would do each specialty in my, you know, in my training and I'd be like, okay, well, peds is cool, but I don't want to just do peds or OB was cool, but I don't want to do only OB or whatever it was. So I kind of picked ER cause it was a little of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but what I started to see is that it was, it was not enough of anything. And, you know, there were certainly a few lives that I probably saved, not because I'm fantastic, but because I was a competent ER doctor in the right place for that person. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I wasn't seeing was um, an opportunity to get into people's heads and help them make the changes in their daily routines that would add up to health over time. Right. And that's really what's missing in all of Western medicine is that because of a very broken system in which doctors are pressured to see patients in very short time periods, um, they have to have certain you know, charts coded a certain way in order to get reimbursed for the visits. And it, there's, there are all these filters that have been sort of placed over you know, what starts out, I think, in all doctors as a really true desire to help people. Right. Yeah, like you go yeah. into med school with these wide eyes and you're like, I want to help people and heal people. And next thing you know, you know, you're like busting out scripts for Percocet and antibiotics with like, you know, you don't even know the person's like name. Right. Or, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, what is going wrong here? Like we we got to stop. And so I wasn't able to figure out a way to practice medicine that felt true to me. Mm-hmm. in the emergency room. And that's what was at play. Um, and then I, um, this is a really long winded answer to your question. No, no, it's totally. Um, <laughs> so then I, I, my mom got sick and, um, she was this gorgeous 63 year old, super healthy, active creature who all of a sudden had pancreatic cancer, which as <sighs> you know, is, yes. is the great killer. Um, so she starts to go downhill and then I'm, and then I have another baby. So let's just add like hormone storm to the picture with the sick mom and my wheels are just turning. And and then I start to get kind of like crabby with patients in the ER when I'm like, you are still smoking cigarettes. I don't know what to say to you, (sighs) but you're taking your health for granted and I'm not here to work against you on your own health. And mm-hmm. then I think, Sarah, you're going to turn into such a mean human being if mm-hmm. you allow this like train of thought to continue, right? Like you need to find a way to inspire health in a positive way and to do so at an earlier stage in people's lives. So that's kind of what was all cooking. And then, and then eventually, like after my mom passed and I got through the baby stages, I took uh, a class making soap at a local ranch. And I was like, oh, my God, coolest thing I've ever done in my whole life. I want to do this forever. <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened. Really? And at, yeah. that, at that point, I mean, you were like, yeah, this is, this is it. And was it just kind of a phasing out? Or you're like, I'm done immediately with? No, it was like two years. So I, I took a class with a friend of mine who's a veterinarian. And okay. she's, a, she's one of my best friends. And she lives right across the river from me. 
And, you know, so as a vet and an MD in this class, we had a quick, like, understanding of the chemistry behind it, maybe more so than some of the other people who didn't have a science background. Mm-hmm. And, and she's from Mississippi, so she just looks at me and she goes, we could do this. <laughs> and that was like, a perfect accent. I'm like, yeah, we can. And so we started doing it at her house where she didn't have any young kids. And she eventually sort of helped me convert a storage room in her house. We called it the meth lab. And I stayed in there like Walter White style for like two years. And I would come out to work shifts in the ER and to nurse babies and you know, be with my family, but otherwise I just was there. And so I started with soap and experimented with soap and got it to, you know, its current art form. Yes. And then I was like, well, soap's not enough. I right. want to do it all. I want to do a whole line. I want it, you know, all of your needs to be covered here. Skincare, and so here we come. What I did. Yeah. And then finally, you know, I, I had this moment where I was like, okay, Sarah, like you gotta, you gotta pick you can't do one foot in medicine and one foot in osmia. You Mm -hmm. have to make a choice here. And I tried to channel like, what would my mom say if she were here? Cause this was in 20, maybe 11. So she'd been gone about four years. And I just, you know, could hear, she was a, a partner in a DC law firm and she worked her ass off to get where she got. And she missed a lot of my childhood because of it. And you know, I just could hear her so clearly saying, yeah. do what you love. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it, I'm not kidding. It was like a hard choice, right? Because there's all, first of all, it took a lot of work to be a board certified emergency physician Absolutely. as a, you know, a young mother and all that. Um, and it took a lot of money when my parents helped me, but it took a lot of money um, and a lot of sweat <laughs> to yeah. get there. Yeah. And then there's the, you know, the ego piece of it, right? Where you're like, no, I'm a, I'm a female ER doc in a yeah. small mountain town. I was the only female, you know, I was only doctor in the hospital half the time. Um, and that's fun. There's oh, no yeah. doubt. It's super fun. And it gives you a little feeling of badassness. But I was like, that's not a good reason to right. keep doing it. If you don't feel like you're practicing the medicine, that's really going to help the most people. Right. So I had to do some pretty um, solid deconstruction of my own ego and, well, is my dad still going to be proud of me if I'm not a doctor? You know, all that little girl stuff I had to, I had to work through. Right. Um, but have you, have you I, taken I the Enneagram? Yo, no, I haven't. And I did, did you see the story I did a while ago? My uncle, the psychiatrist has a, a book called the new personality self-portrait and there's a highlight on my, um, Instagram page. It's called like, who are you or something? That's the name of the highlight. So my uncle was the, you know, head of the American psychiatric association. He's this brilliant, wonderful guy who has studied personality his whole life. So my uncle has this personality test website. So I was sort of talking about that. And during uh, that story, I got a you know a bunch of questions from people about um, my Enneagram. And I, I don't know where to take it or how to take it. Or I, I know from talking to people that I think there's a three, a six and a nine involved in, I, yeah. in what makes me. Um, I'm a border collie trapped in human skin, I think is like a a good way to describe myself. So mm -hmm. I I see I'm a three as well. And actually Uh Kristen, my co-host is a three and, um, I was actually three, six, nine were my top three as well. So mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of myself in you sometimes when we're talking. So I was like, oh, it is weird. Well, so, but how do I find out? Like, if, is there an yes, online there, thing you do? Or? Yes, there is a link okay. to the institute that does it, and I will send it to you. Okay, most good. Of, most of yeah. our listeners are like, yeah, we know it. We know. We know the yeah, link. We like... know. <laughs> Please, we did a 10 series uh, podcast episode on the Enneagram. Like we are. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We went deep on every okay. single number. So it's, yeah. That it's, is very it's, cool. It's very interesting though. But um, yes, I would be surprised if you weren't a three, but yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So I have to mention that you, you know, you live in Colorado. We just did a, uh, a recent episode where I was talking about these changes I had made in my exercise routine where I am kind of an all or nothing girl. So for years, it's like, I'm going to do yoga every day. And I do for a couple mm-hmm. of months. And then I usually either A, burn out or B, injure Peter myself. Yeah. yeah um, same mm-hmm. thing with Pilates, whatever. And so finally, a couple of months ago, I was just like, I am going to walk three miles every day. Yeah, I saw this actually. 
actually on your blog this morning. I yeah. was just taking a look and it's, it's really interesting. Um, I think it's such a, such an amazing, um, exercise in patience mm-hmm. and wisdom that you are, um, sort of sticking with the walking. Well, thank you. But I have to say that I was really inspired by you because one of the things you say a lot is cause you do work out a lot and mm-hmm. how you say, I get to work out today, not I mm-hmm. have to work out today. And that mm-hmm. just, I mean, all sorts of alarm bells went off and I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people that would kill to be able to work out. And, um, can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, that is my husband. Um, really? I met my husband, my husband worked for my mom. He was her associate at the law firm. And, um, most of the time, like at the, you know, the first few times we met, I wasn't able to string together any, um, sort of comprehensible sounds mm-hmm. that translated to language because I was so struck by how <laughs> handsome and amazing he was. He is very handsome. <laughs> um, but, you know, he has been a really avid um, cyclist and runner and just general exerciser for his whole life. And he would always say that. I'd say, you know, how was your day? And he'd say, oh, I got to go for this ride. I went up here and I rode about 37 miles. And it was so beautiful. And it was always this tone of privilege. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I realized it one day, I was like, he never talks about exercise as an obligation. Mm-hmm. He always sees it as a privilege. And it is, it is. it's a privilege. And it is, in, and it's not only a privilege, right? It's a duty. Yeah. It is our responsibility to take care of the one body we are gifted in this life, no matter what its shape. If that body's in a wheelchair, you still have to take care of it. Right. Absolutely. Um, or you're taking it for granted. And I think that's really the greatest crime we can commit with our bodies is not to, um, to cherish them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was, it was, it was very inspiring for me. I'm like, yeah, no more of this up and down. I'm just going to, you know, honor my body. And yep. just treat it as well as I can. So yep. you also have got some great thoughts on aging naturally. And I, ha- <laughs> I have to read this quote from, was it in Mind Body? The Mind Body Green article, yeah, I believe. Mind Body about Green. It. Mm-hmm. And I love this. I think our listeners are going to love it. It says, aging naturally without so many interventions should be treated as an equal and respectable option rather than being seen as a person who has, quote unquote, let herself go. If you are someone who chooses Botox and cosmetic surgery, do it because it's what makes you feel like your true self and don't look down on people who choose otherwise. However, if you are an earth mama with gray streets and smile lines, don't condemn those who prefer more invasive methods. Consider your role in how people see and talk about themselves and think about how to engage in more positive conversations about beauty and aging. Oh, I love that. I mean, I'm like fist bumping when I read that. Because, you know, you, you're like, we really need to collectively ask more of society. This is something that just really gets me, you know? Yeah, it's something, I mean, you know, you're, did you say you're 44? Yes. Well, I'll be 44 in November. I'm- yeah. Yeah. And I'm four, I just turned 45 in July. And obviously this is a decade when we all start to, you know, think about aging. And I think the thing that I've become so aware of lately, and, you know, I talk about this a lot with Lisa from this organic girl, and I'm sure you guys talk about it too, but is the, the unbelievable fear with which we approach age. Mm -hmm. Oh, we, all like as a society, we live our lives in mortal fear of getting older, Mm -hmm. which is one of a handful of things that every single human and animal on earth is doing every day. Mm -hmm. Like imagine if you were just terrified of oxygen. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But you had to walk around breathing it every day, but you were so scared. Yeah. of what yeah. it was going to do to you. Yeah. It's so dumb, Sarah. It's it is. so dumb. And what the way we judge, you know, not only others, right? And we all do it. And it's just a question of how much you can rein it in and be honest with yourself about how much you're judging other people. But to me, the more important thing is what happens when you look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. We destroy 
ourselves oh, in the yes. mirror. If you could record what you say to yourself and play it back, you'd be like, I cannot believe what that bitch said about me. <laughs> totally. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. It's madness. It is. And here's what I always tell people. You think, think about anyone you love, whether it's someone who's in your life daily, whether it's someone who's far away but is important to you, whether it's someone you've lost. If you close your eyes and you just think about that person for, for a minute, picture a moment that you had with that person. Picture something about that person. If you do that, the chances that you pictured their wrinkles their saggy elbow skin, their gray hair, their, you know, whatever flaw you want to name are 0%. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's so true. But on the flip side, it's just these societal pressures put on, on women too. It's yeah. Just... But w if you participate in it, you're enabling it. Right. And I'm not saying I don't have the chatter, right? I do. I mean, right. I see the wrinkles around my eyes. I see the hyperpigmented spots that we like to call age spots, but are really just sun damaged skin. You know, it's, right. I see all the stuff. It's there, but I'm in a constant state of checking myself on it because what matters really is the way I behave mm -hmm. in the world and the type of human beings that I'm raising to join the world. Yeah. And that's really like it. You know, and if I can, and, and then, you know, with my work, you know, how can I feed into your world in a way that inspires you to be healthier or happier in some tiny measure? Right. You know, that is a, a life well lived. And the rest of it, you know, and, and I take just as many selfies as the next girl, right? Like, you know, vanity is a part of my life too. But when yeah. you're having like the come to Jesus with yourself, those are the moments where we need to, to really and truly understand what matters. And, you know, I was just talking about this with Lisa on Instagram this morning because, you know, she, her dad's been really sick oh, and yeah. it takes really just one person that you love to get sick or, um, you know, pass mm -hmm. for you to recalibrate what actually matters. Oh, that is such a good point. Absolutely. So I think it's just worth, you know, trying to get it in our own heads now and start to redefine things a little bit because these societal pressures, while maybe in the, you know, forties and fifties were imposed by men like mad men style, right? Like totally. maybe it all got created back then, but you know, as with any horrific thing that has happened in history, we have to move past it and we have to redefine it. Yeah. And, and that's on us. That is. And, and I do believe, I feel like there is a movement happening right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you're embracing your gray. We were talking about Lisa from this organic mm -hmm. girl. I am as well. Like I'm actually willing more gray hairs. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I enjoy it. It's unique. I, mm -hmm. I like it. If someone else doesn't want to have gray hair, that's fine too, whatever. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I am fully embracing it. I, I'm mm -hmm. loving it. And I think the, the more we see women kind of going in this direction that, hey, you know, aging, like you said, everybody's got to do it. Everybody's Everyone's doing it. Doing everybody's it. Yeah. doing it's it. Just, yeah. <laughs> Every minute that passes, we're all doing right. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I do, I do. I feel really positive about that. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. Well, um, speaking of Botox, so the cool thing <laughs> that I also love about you is that you like, it's like breaking down these beauty truths and myths. Yeah. And Botox comes up quite a lot mm -hmm. on this podcast. So yeah. tell me about Botox. Like, is it dangerous? What What is the deal? Oh, God, it's not dangerous. It's got a great safety profile, um, you know, and the, the toxicity profile, even though it is a toxin, right, is really low over time. But, you know, the, my, my take on Botox um, is you know, definitely falls in the less is more department. I've never tried it. And I, you know, it's not on my to-do list right now. Right. I'm not swearing it off and saying I'll never touch it. I don't know. Um, but it's not something that feels consistent with my current path. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing about Botox. So as you know, the way it works is to paralyze your facial muscles, right? Right. So what happens to paralyzed muscles? They atrophy. They atrophy. I've re I just was reading about this. 
And then what do you need to do to make up for the atrophy? You got to like fill it you up. You get the fillers. Right? right? So if you rely on Botox starting in your 20s and 30s to keep a smooth face, you're going to be filling your face in your 40s and 50s. And then you're going to end up with a really unfortunate duck facey, weird, yes. I'm trying not to stare at you because you've had so much work done kind of a situation, right? Right. Um, so the way that I think Botox is especially useful, um, is in situations where you have like one super crazy deep wrinkle Mm -hmm. that is, or, you know, that like you can see that you have one spot. Like I actually have one on the side of my lip that is just this vertical, Mm -hmm. really much deeper than all my other wrinkles. Mm -hmm. That I think is an interesting use for Botox just to soften a a single area. Spot treating. Spot treating, I think makes so, or like the 11s between your eyebrows, right? Yes, yes. Um, That's not a bad place for it. But doing, you know, all the way around your eyes and all your forehead and your, you know, it's just, um, I think it's probably going to backfire after 10 or 15 years of of treatment. It's really interesting you mentioned this because Chris and I were just talking about this. I haven't tried Botox myself, but she has the 11s and it, you know, Mm -hmm. just hereditary. She's had them since she was young. Her girls Mm -hmm. both have them and she's been doing Botox for many, many years on those Mm -hmm. 11s. But she was just saying that she thinks maybe she needs to start doing filler there. Mm -hmm. Well, it totally makes sense, right? I mean, it it makes absolute physiological sense. It definitely does. Mm Mm-hmm. That's very, very interesting, but definitely not, not, not dangerous, not dangerous. And I think, I think a lot of people use it for sweating, for um, migraines. Yeah. I know yeah. I have some friends that have used Botox for their migraines before, which is absolutely because mm-hmm. I dabble in, I dabble in little migraine dabble action. Migraines. I dabble uh-huh. in migraines. Yes, I do. Unfortunately. Um, so that's very interesting. Okay. So is this a beauty truth or myth? What about dairy causing acne? So you know, I actually was looking for um, studies, and there's not a ton of um, medical data about it. But I have enough anecdotal data that I actually think there's a pretty solid link there. Yeah, I do too. Um, just, just myself. That's my own. That's my data. Yeah, my yep. scientific and study of one person. Of one, n equals one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but actually it, it really is dairy and sugar are the two things that I, and, and by sugar, I want to be clear that I'm excluding like a square of dark chocolate every afternoon, because that I think is an antioxidant supplement and everybody should have. (laughs) Um, but I think dairy and sort of refined sugar are the two categories that have the clearest link to the inflammation that lies underneath the surface of acne. I think it does. I think it does. Now, what yeah, about, I mean, I think, I think a little, you know, a little, life is better, you know, with cheese. So yeah, um, it definitely is. Yeah. So a little sprinkle of feta on your salad or, you know, a little piece of cheese here. And like, I don't think that that's a big deal. And I think it's more like, you know, the sort of regular consumption of volumes of dairy that that's a problem. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So what about washing your face every day? Do you have to wash your face every day? So my answer to that is definitely. Yeah. You think about like, if you like, you know, on the, like the crime shows where they take that blue light and they look for like blood splatters and stuff like that. Well, if you could do that for just germs and and viruses on every surface of, so for your keyboard, to your phone, to, you know, the doorknob, to the grocery store, to your car handle, to all that stuff. And then what, so then you're, you're looking at your hands under the black light and they're lighting up, right? They're mm-hmm. just like on fire with grossness. And then you touch your face a million times a day. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, probably you've put some sort of sun protective product on, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've eaten lunch, so you've splattered olive oil or, you know, whatever on your face. So that's kind of on there somehow. You've probably got some level of makeup on. So the idea that you wouldn't wash your face every single night, like maybe not twice a day, but, you know, definitely before you go to bed, you should be getting in bed with a deliciously clean face. Plus, you're sleeping on your you're pillowcase sleeping. that you're going to sleep on for probably a week mm-hmm. before you change it. That is the truth. 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're just, there's just a good long list of reasons to wash your face every single night. Kristen always <laughs> says, if you're not washing your face at night, you need to like really check yourself. Like you need to figure yeah. out what's really going on with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're tired like, beyond a reasonable there. point. Yeah. yeah. You need to check yourself. So no, I'm in full agreement about that. Okay. I do. I have one last one for you. This is like yeah. just personal because I feel bombarded by collagen right now. Mm-hmm. And like, is drinking collagen really improving your skin health? The jury is out. Tell me. Um, you know, when you drink or eat anything, it it's not like the collagen that you just ingested goes in a little like transport pod to your skin. Right, right. It gets broken down into its elements, the amino acids that comprise it, and then eventually needs to get built back up if your body happens to have vitamin C on hand in sufficient quantity and can, in that way, support your skin. But I personally think there are so many variables um, that I think people are probably paying a lot too much money for oral collagen supplements with not enough evidence at this point. Okay. I think it's super, super trendy. So trendy. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure the science is there to support it. And I'm not here to say it isn't working. Okay. I'm just saying, I, you know, if you're going to, if you want to support collagen, I'd rather see you take a few of the, you know, elemental amino acids that make up collagen, uh-huh. like proline and lysine and right. some vitamin C. Okay. You know, I'd rather see the individual components there that, you know, you kind of have a better sense that they'll, they'll end up as collagen one day. Okay. So what you're saying is it's okay that I'm internally rolling my eyes at all my friends that are guzzling collagen supplements. it kind of is. Because I I am rolling them hard. Yeah. It it really (laughs) is. um, At this point, it's just, it's not clear enough that, that it's actually happening. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. See, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what I thought. Oh my goodness. I feel like I could ask you a thousand more questions, but our time is up for today. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. We loved it and we hope to have you on again. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sarah. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.